guys. This is another wild and great podcast episode with my meditation teacher, Sal Familia. This is our second one together, and we talk about a vast amount of different things related to yoga, and we go off on many different tangents on this one. I'm going to go right into it and lead us into a recording from the Beatles track, Sexy Sadie. And I'll I'll have Sal start us off with some fun yoga stories going on. Here it is. Okay, but rewind. Oh, this will be so cool if it works. This way, I don't have to edit it in. I can just. What was the uh, guru's name again? Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Maharishi. Alright, so now it's recording. And... Yes! Sounds nice. Yeah. Okay. Maharishi. Okay, so let me delete this. I just watched a documentary on um, Swami Sach... Sachitananda? Sachitananda, yes. It's very good. What's the name of it? It's on YouTube for free, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, Living Yoga, the Life and Teachings of Swami Sachitananda. I just thought that would be cool. We could figure that out another time. Okay. So, who Marindra Modi is? I don't. He's the Prime Minister of India. Okay. And so he's calling for everyone in India to celebrate um, Yoga Day. All right. So it'll be a 35-minute yoga demonstration program led by the Prime Minister himself. So he's going to actually lead. But, no, that's, so that's the first part of the story. The second news story is Pakistan is denying visas to yoga trainers who are going to Islamabad to celebrate, to join in with the celebrations on Yoga Day. So Pakistan is not allowing yoga teachers, yoga trainers, to travel to Pakistan to help with the celebrations. The next story is Air India is introducing yoga, sen- yoga sessions to their cr- uh, cabin crew and pilots, but they're making it mandatory. So there's mandatory yoga training. And then the fourth story, it, the, ty- the headline is Leave the Kids Alone. Maharashtra's government's compulsory yoga day dictate is short-sighted. So in certain parts of India, yoga day winds up on a Sunday. So the kids are required to go to school in order to celebrate Yoga Day. Yeah. This is absurd, you know. This it's, is it's got some good elements to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, some great elements, but they're for, the, the thing is, is they're forcing people to do yoga. The forcing uh, is a bit strange. However, it's good and bad with, it, with everything, I think. Um, what's surprising to me Go, doing my teacher training in India was there's not a lot of people in India that actually practice asanas. Nope. Um, it's not like going around the city and you see a bunch of yoga studios around. There's ashrams, but I think it was more the spiritual practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everyone. Yeah, I spent six weeks in India and saw one yogi. I saw on the on the banks of the of the. Um, Ganges in Varanasi. So we're not recording. Oh, yeah. I thought you we were. Yeah, yeah. So let's. So let me just finish. Um. Hey, come here. Sit. Sit. Let me bring your water out. 
Swami Sachitananda. I had the lyrics pulled up as Sexy Sadie. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah, good. I was, I was uh, reading to it when I was blind. So, so, again, I'm just summarizing what news stories I'm going to cover. Does the name Solar Impulse 2 mean anything to you? Solar Impulse 2? Solar Impulse 2. No. So it's a solar-powered plane that's preparing to, to attempt to circumnavigate the globe just on solar energy. So it has solar panels that charges batteries. Um, the reason I'm pointing this out is there's two pilots, and one of the pilots is using yoga to help him stay awake and be more focused. Um, That's great. It's a 10,000 or 8,000 kilometer journey. It'll take 130 hours, six consecutive days and nights in the air in this one plane. And so one of the pilots is using yoga. The other one, the other one is using self-hypnosis to help stay awake and to be uh, more um, concentrated. So that's another story. Um, the Green Bay Packers defensive tackle B.J. Raji is using yoga to prevent injuries, injuries. and to keep his body fresh. You, you read that story? Uh, I've read a lot of stories like that with athletes. He's not the first, for sure. No, not um, at all. But for sure, sports, basketball, baseball, football, you're going to get flexibility and strength and mm -hmm. prevent injuries. So, fresh air yesterday on NPR. Terry Gross's Fresh Air. I don't know if you know that program. No. You ought to listen to more. We, well, you know what? We should save, save this banter for online. Anyway, yeah, um, she, she interviewed the author of this woman who just uh, wrote a book, The Goddess Pose, The Audacious Life of Indra Devi, the woman who helped bring, bring yoga to the West. It was a pretty good story. Cool. And then uh, just a little, this is a throwaway, but um, in Claremont, California, Bikram Yoga Studio was burglarized. And, but they broke in and took a small amount of money. So why would somebody want us to rob a Bikram yoga studio? That's awful. Anyway, let's there, get started. There was a nail salon around the corner from Yoga Den. It's called Namaste Salon. Oh, yeah, I know and, that. Yeah, you know that place. And uh, they got broken into recently, smashed the window. Namaste. Namaste, right? Okay, you ready? We'll just let's roll. dump into this. Okay, well, hello, Joe. Hey, Sal. How you doing? Doing good, man. Here we are. What is this? Um, episode three. This uh, is episode two of, oh, episode uh, both, two of both of us. Right. We talked together. Well, it's our third, but our third. Our third total. Um, right. Last time we met, we um, interviewed the very lovely Natalie Halt and Alicia Prosperini Compton. Yeah. There's some of, great uh, Gather Yoga. Yeah, that was a really exciting session. Yeah. I heard about their exciting work. So what's on your mind today, Joe? Uh, absolutely nothing. Mm. I'm keeping my mind calm, as always. But yeah. how are you, Sal? I'm doing well. You just came back from uh, a trip. Just got back from New York. Did a couple of teacher training programs out there and a couple of workshops, a couple of meditation classes. It was a busy week. And... Um, on my way down, I stopped in Asheville, which was really my first visit to, visit to Asheville. It's becoming uh, the yoga mecca of the East Coast. Yes. You've been there. I have. Yeah? It's, uh, yeah, I remember you telling me, it's a trippy um, place. It's awesome for just visiting, 
whether you're into yoga or not. Um, I think it's uh, one of those places where it's very impactful. You're mm -hmm. like, whoa, I'm definitely in a place that's not what I'm used to at all. Um, and I like traveling. Well, tra traveling in general is important to me, but those little small communities. Mm -hmm. Asheville's really neat. Um, you haven't gotten a chance to visit just as far as walking around, right? You yeah. said you were spending time just well, I spent the around whole time, the city. Yeah, um, before going, I asked friends in Charleston, you know, um, what class should I take? Who should I see? Who should I try to meet when I go to Asheville? And um, everybody told me Joe Taft. So I went and took a class with Joe Taft, who really a wonderful teacher. He's uh, Anusara trained. Um, and so we, we, on my way back, I stopped again and we got to chat a little bit. Um, but... Yeah, I would hope that we can interview him at a future show. Um, I think it's important for us to just pack up our laptops and go to Asheville and um, see what's going on in the yoga scene. But Joe Taft is definitely someone for us to sit down. Uh, he uh, not only teaches at Asheville Yoga Center, I think he teaches privates, and he's also going to be heading up, I believe, I could be wrong about this, but heading up their teacher training program. So the Asheville Yoga Center has two really large spaces. Their original space is now a donation yoga center. So all of their classes on the schedule, you just pay what you want. It's donation. And then their new space, which is larger, nice, bright space, uh, I think they actually have two yoga spaces there. That's their regular scheduled classes, and they're going to be opening a third center, which is going to be devoted to just teacher training. So year-round teacher training. That's very nice. It kind of makes sense for Asheville. It's really, that there's so much yoga there. Really neat about being in South Carolina, being so close to yeah, Asheville in North Carolina, four hours yeah. right up the uh, highway. But also, uh, the South has a lot of uh, yoga centers, yoga communities. I'm thinking of uh, Yogaville mm -hmm. in Virginia. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been there? I have not. So, I have not either. It um, was in this documentary that I was uh, watching that I was telling you about, about... Um, Remind me, the uh, Swami. Swami uh, yes. Sachitananda. Uh, great documentary um, that's on YouTube, and it talked about him coming to the States, and he was one of the guys that built that um, center mm -hmm. in Virginia. And, I mean, it's it's huge now. They do a lot of, similar to Asheville, a lot of retreats and trainings. Yeah. Do you know what the first uh, really high-profile thing Swami Sachitananda did in this country? In fact, it's the first thing he actually did when he came here. He originally came just to visit for a short period of time. To Boston, correct? Uh, I believe it? so. Yeah. But um, he actually performed the opening ceremony for Woodstock. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, I think... Uh, took a look around and liked this place. He's so like, what he liked about it it's was... It's not bad. You know. I think I'll stay here. <laughs> well, he actually got a U.S. Pe uh, citizenship right. after, or oh, a few he? years later. Yeah, well, he was one of, that was that first wave of uh, South Asian immigrants, because there, um, uh, there were laws where they couldn't, you know, Indians couldn't come to this country. And so yeah. I think those laws were changed in the mid or late 50s. That's how my teacher came. Um, and so Swami Sachitananda was part of that first wave of of Indian immigrants after they lifted the ban. Right. And you see him with all the political leaders. Yeah. I mean, they're honoring him in a way. Uh, so, you know, living, here's an interesting... Living Yoga, The Life and Teachings is the name of the, of the documentary. The documentary. Yeah. Here's an interesting tie-in to the story of uh, Swami Vivekananda, I mean, uh, uh, Satchitananda. Yes. So the, uh, Woodstock was 1969, right? I believe so. Yeah. So here's, here's a song from 1968. And this is from the Beatles' White Album. Let's and take a listen. We'll see how this ties in. 
Okay, Sexy Sadie. So do you know who Sexy Sadie is, Joe? You tell me a little bit about it before, but it was ri- uh, it, it's written about a great leader, a great guru that came over to the States. Um, well, actually, inspired so the Beatles. people first went to him. So this is Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the founder of Transcendental Meditation. And in the mid-60s, uh, the Beatles and Donovan and... Um, a whole bunch of other people went to uh, study with him on the banks of the Ganges in Rishikesh. In Rishikesh. Um, and I'm not going to get into the story. Anybody can look it up. But um, John Lennon became very disillusioned by the Maharishi. Um, I think uh, they caught him chasing skirt and you know promoting celibacy on the one hand, but not living up to it himself. So when you so, say disillusioned, you mean that he was uh, focusing on other things. Yeah, well, Le- Lenin was disillusioned. So originally they went to India with this with the great hope of enlightenment and finding peace and love. And um, so it turned out that the Maharishi wasn't what they thought, or at least for him, what he thought. So he wrote this song. It was originally Maharishi, but then uh, before recording it, he changed the lyrics to Sexy Sadie instead of Maharishi. Um, so the reason I played that song, because one of the members of that group was Paul McCartney, and Paul McCartney was in the news this week. One of the lines in this is, Sexy Sadie, oh, you broke the rules. One sunny day the world was waiting for a lover. She came along to turn on everyone. Yes. It's uh, it's, it's poetry. <laughs> it's John Lennon. It's John Lennon, one of the greatest uh, magicians of all time. Okay, so, so the story. Current John, or current Paul McCartney, no, rather. Paul McCartney. Um, one of the surviving Beatles. Um, he's in the news today. He's giving up pot for yoga. Why? <laughs> well, that's so he, all I have to say, why? Well, he, he feels he'll be a better example to his children and his grandchildren. Right. Um, but I read this story, and I just thought it's a little ironic that it was the Beatles, really, who introduced yoga and India to many, many Americans, many Westerners, not just uh, in U.S., but also in Europe. And yet, um, now he's, what, 67 years old, and now he's... 40, is, 50 years later. Yeah, 50 years later, he's turning to yoga, and I just thought that was pretty humorous. Right. Not a big story, but there you go, folks. Paul McCartney is trading pot for yoga. Well, he's setting a good example for his uh, grandchildren, I guess, but it's interesting in 2015 how it's... Uh, the reverse, I guess, for a lot of people, um, where pot is introducing people to yoga, and especially you see it um, out west um, in the legalized states, where we have Colorado, Colorado, Washington. It was a very big Re- yoga center as well. Of, of course, yeah. But I originally started in uh, California because they were the first um, legal or medical marijuana medical. states, um, where they were introducing. 420 yoga, 420 code for, um, hey, we're going to smoke pot, but yeah, in these uh, studios, in these centers, you can um, freely um, or smoke, oh, wait get minute, high, wait. This is and yoga, yoga. yoga centers where you can go and get high and do yoga? Absolutely. This uh, is, I must uh, be naive. I had no idea this was happening. This is a new thing. Scandalous. Scandalous. <laughs> Controversy, right? But uh, it's, a, it's a big thing, big industry. Um, that's taken over is the is the marijuana industry. A lot of money is going involved in it in, in these legalized states. Yeah, you but think also it's catch on this marijuana thing. Absolutely, I think this is just the beginning. 
And, uh, I mean, that's how I got in introduced into yoga. Um, I, was, I was saying a little bit before was uh, definitely the plant, what came involved, the sacred plant, I like to say. And, um, that's, I started stretching out and I was like, what is this? And I had no idea that I was doing yoga. It's, it's the gods being mad at me for, for, for doing this now, for saying this. But uh, I realized it was yoga. But if you look back in the thousands of years that yoga's been around, the sadhus, who are in India, and they're hash-smoking um, dudes that, you know, they just spend hours and hours each day going deep into the realm of uh, smoking uh, hash, they do all these yoga postures um, throughout the day while smoking. So, I mean, it definitely has, it's definitely related, I think. Okay. That's a debatable question, but it's anyway. It's very debatable, very controversial. <laughs> well, let's stay in India. So now let's talk a little bit about Prime Minister, Prime Minister Narendra Modi. You've heard of this guy, right? It's the Prime Minister. The yeah. Prime Minister of India, promoting big time this uh, yoga day, June, uh, June or July? Is it June, tw June 21st? Yep, the summer solstice. So not Which only is, is he promoting it, but he's actually leading a class. So the Prime Minister himself is going to lead a yoga class in demonstrating yoga and pranayama, 35-minute uh, program. It's just 35 minutes. Just the 35-minute program. <clears throat> I believe that's the same day um, that Times Square does their uh, yoga class out in the street as well. So yeah, well, I think it was last year. The uh, UN sure. established June 21st as yeah. International Yoga Day. Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, it was but last that's, year. That's great. And I mean, interesting as well, keeping that um, that same day, and it'll be cool in the future seeing uh, more of these events going on. But that's great for India, especially it being the birthplace of sure. yoga and kind of making a mark. Well, continuing on with news from India. News mm -hmm. from India. New Delhi is upset that India's plans to celebrate Yoga Day in Islamabad have received a setback as Pakistan has refused to grant visas to yoga instructors. So Wild. this is this continuing conflict between Pakistan and India that, you know, you you know a little bit about that history, right? They used to be... I know, it goes back for a while. Of, yeah, and that was uh, Gandhi's biggest heartbreak is that he wasn't able to keep these two regions together. Anyway, so they're denying visas to yoga instructors. So here is yoga getting caught up in the politics of uh, conflict. It's right next to each other, you know, they're neighbors. Um, I did my training in northern India, so where on a map, Pakistan is, is where, where, right where there. Where did you do your training? Dharamsala. Dharamsala. So, yeah, right there, and I know it's a huge uh, issue that's been going on for a while. So that's the Dalai Lama's crazy. neighborhood, right? I got to meet the Dalai Lama and shake his hand. No kidding. So it was a great experience getting to meet him. Um, and most importantly, listen to him talk. He's got some great words. Mm. Story number three out of India. Drum roll? No, not necessary. Air India. You know Air India? Very well. Have you, did Very you comfortable. Did you, yeah, I travel Air India coming back. I think going, I... Anyway. Um, so what they're doing is instituting yoga sessions for crew members and pilots. Um, but it's compulsory. So there's some people up in arms about that. Compulsory yoga for Air India's cabin crew, and pilots. You got any thoughts on that, Joe? Why not? Keeps you focused. I think it's great for 
pilots. You're not at least at least disturbed about that whole compulsory aspect of it. Uh, there's going to be good and bad in everything. So it, of course it starts a little bit of a discussion, a controversy. But I think it's uh, only going to lead to benefits. Okay. You know, I think if you're doing the practice of yoga, nothing could be wrong, bad or. or Sarming about that, but I could definitely see the the double-edged sword of this. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what was interesting about the uh, New Delhi airport when I was flying through, there's prayer rooms, yoga rooms that, um, I guess for passengers, if you have a layover, you know, mm -hmm. what, however how many hours, you can go into the prayer room to do your practice. So is this going to be at the airports? Not really sure how they're planning on doing this. Or at, um, on the flight? Don't, I doubt it's going to be on the flight. I think this is part of their training, and they're doing this to help them deal with stress and the rigors of uh, their schedules. Right. So let's wait and see what happens. But there's a fourth and final story out of India, talking about compulsory yoga. Um, on the uh, yoga day, the International Yoga Day, the Maharashtra government, Maharashtra is a region in north, is it northeast India, I believe, um, they're making yoga practice for the kids compulsory the problem is that yoga day falls on a Sunday so the children have to go back to school on a Sunday to celebrate yoga day and you can understand that there are people who are up in arms about that and I you know I think it's not a very good way to introduce yoga into somebody's life to make it compulsory and to force children to go to school on a Sunday so. so it's just one Sunday. It's not every Sunday, correct? No, it's the, the one Sunday when it's International Yoga Day. But I think the issue is you're forcing children to go to school and forcing them to do yoga. And right. I just uh, I don't see the virtue in that. I don't see the benefit in that. I mean, yoga is not so magical that, you know, even by making it compulsory, it brings nothing but goodness and sweetness into people's lives. So let's compare this to um, Air India, where Air India, you're an employee, yep. correct? And they're um, forcing you to do yoga, which is a little different, yep. um, whereas you're a child, you're kind of forced into this. But with, uh, I mean, we, we, do we force children to go to school and get an education? We do. But do we force children to go to school on the weekend, and not for an education, but to celebrate something. So this is, all, this is turning it into... A type of uh, religious event or religious holiday. Right. It's just um, a little strange. I think with the employees of Air India, there are probably a lot of things that they're required to do as part of their training. The training as safety. Um, so, you know, I, I the, guess there's some wiggle room there, but I just don't agree with this idea of forcing children to go to school on a Sunday or forcing them to do anything that's not necessarily of an educational purpose. Well, it would be interesting to get the uh, feedback of uh, the children um, and see what they think about it because um, I would hope that it would be more good or, or beneficial um, to, to the children and hopefully inspire them to practice yoga more rather than uh, turn them away from the practice and if you're saying that this is a negative thing, um, kind of turn their back away from yoga. Hmm. But I think it, I think it's great to 
get children involved in yoga. Um, I, since my teacher training, I've uh, started with yoga kids down here in Charleston, teaching to uh, fifth graders. I started earlier last year teaching to high school um, down the street. So teaching to kids is uh, great for new yoga teachers, yoga teachers that have been around for a few years because it's very rewarding mm -hmm. and extremely, for me at least, challenging um, teaching to kids. So you're teaching fifth graders and high school students? I am, yeah. Um, talk a little bit about that. So what's the difference? How, how do you see the fifth graders responding to it and how do you see the uh, high school kids? Well, what was different that I noticed was planning the classes. I'll leave a little bit of space for my classes uh, with adults that I'll leave for intuition where I'm just like, all right, we're going to do this, this, and this, but, you know, maybe I can add some room in here and see where the energy is in the room. With children, it's, uh, especially the fifth graders on a Friday at the end of the day, just their energy is just all up and you, you feel it right away when you're in the room and, you know, you see a lot of the kids uh, doing the poses and they're really into it. Um, and with, you know, others, you're going to see them um, not being in it as much. So you really need to read that energy, and it's very different um, from teaching any How other long are class. These so I've been doing thirty-minute classes with the fifth graders and one hour with the high school students. Yeah, one hour—that's pretty good. Yeah, with the high school, it wasn't too much different uh, teaching adults that I've yeah, done. Um, but with the fifth graders, will you do different postures? And uh, like I said, it's it's so rewarding. I had a student. Uh, come up to me after uh, class a few weeks ago and just tell me how much yoga made her happy, how yoga made her so calm. So mm. it was a great feeling. Very nice. And so this is a year-long program. You're doing this while school is in session the whole for the whole year, or is it uh, just... So Yoga Kids, which uh, was started by Lee uh, Crawler, apologies if I spelled her last name or misset her last name, but she started this... Um, non-profit organization here in Charleston uh, which is now at three four different schools here in Charleston and also uh, several out in Myrtle Beach um, it's been around for a couple number of years and they've gotten over 20 yoga instructor instructors going to these different schools oh, and, okay. uh, teaching yoga and also mindfulness uh, in the different classrooms during the day um, so it's great Introducing yeah, I know Gary that. Smith, who uh, studies, does some yoga at Mission Studio, I think he either heads up a part of that program. Gary Smith We should get leads, Gary in here and interview him. Yes, Gary leads the uh, mindfulness program, but okay. I also got to observe his uh, yoga asana class before I started with Yoga Kids, and he's gr absolutely great with the kids, fantastic. Yeah, and I know some of the recent graduates from Mission Yoga's teacher training program um, are participating in that program and teaching kids, which is great. It's good for new teachers. Get your feet wet. Get okay, out yeah. there and do some pro bono work. I think I think that should be required of every teacher before they could actually be finally certified through these yoga alliance programs. I once I wrote a letter and never sent it. should have sent the letter. I should have sent the letter. I wrote a letter to Yoga Alliance once saying that I really think uh, after going through a 200-hour or a 500-hour program um, that 
teachers should be required to do a period of pro bono work. I mean, lawyers do this. You know, lawyers when they become lawyers, isn't I think it's pretty standard. Pro bono meaning, yeah, meaning uh, free, doing you know for the good. For donation, free classes. I think teachers should teach a while, um, not for any monetary compensation, but just to gain some experience teaching, um, and to do a little bit of selfless work, a little selfless action. Absolutely. I'm not saying they should do it for a long period of time, but anyway, whether that's something that should be required or not. I don't know, but I think that this uh, kids yoga program, which is, what's the name of the program again? Yoga Kids with yoga a kids. Z. With a Z. Yes. I think um, Dot org. teachers participating in that, new teachers participating in that, I think is a really uh, excellent it's idea. Im it's important, and it's also uh, yoga itself. It's karma yoga. Yep. You're giving back, and if you're a new teacher, you, uh, you need to um, get the experience of uh, leading a class and that's exactly what I did after I got a teacher training. It's so important to just uh, gather your friends together, gather you know community, and just say, "Hey, um, mind what just doing do? a, a yoga class back? with me, and just mm -hmm. giving me some feedback." Mm -hmm. You know, feedback is also important. But yeah, you need to, um, especially no matter what um, uh, practice or teaching that you're going to go into. I think it's important. Mm. Well, we're both in agreement as far as that goes, Joe. That's shocking, right? <laughs> yeah. So here's another yoga story. This one has to do with a very interesting project. Um, there's an a, attempt being made to circumnavigate the globe in a plane that's strictly solar-powered. So no fuel, no jet fuel, no gasoline, just solar panels and batteries. So one of the contenders is the Solar Impulse 2. It's a plane attempting to circumnavigate the globe without any fuel at all. So they departed um, China on Saturday um, for Hawaii, and so the circumnavigation takes about 130 hours. It's, it's um, six consecutive days and nights in the air. Um, two pilots in this plane. One of the pilots is using yoga to help him stay awake and to stay focused, and I just thought that was pretty interesting. The other pilot How many is using guys are on the plane? Just two guys. Two guys. Two pilots. So I think one is uh, navigating while one's doing yoga. Well, actually, yeah, perhaps, but what they do is um, they put the plane on autopilot and take 20-minute naps. Right. So a lot of people do at sea as well, because yeah. you need to make sure no one's, you know, in your, in your way. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to follow. So they were forced to land after a day because of bad weather. But whether they try it again, but just yet another little yoga story there. So Solar Impulse Two, correct? Solar Impulse um, Two. If you go on Google Google and just look at some of the images, uh, this I'm looking at now. This plane is uh, amazing. Oh, it's got look huge at. wings because they need a lot of surface area for the solar panels. Huge wings, but also extremely narrow, extremely mm -hmm. tiny. So that'll be interesting to see the uh, inside, and that'll be cool to see them. Uh, taking some images of, of all the yoga that they're doing on here and uh, share it with everyone. Okay, we're getting to the bottom of these news stories here. B.J. Raji. Do you know B.J. Raji? Green Bay Packers. Yes, indeed. He's the defensive tackle who's using yoga to prevent injuries and, and I don't know exactly what this means, but to keep his body fresh. Fresh. <laughs> yeah, keep his body fresh. It's important we talk about how yoga prevents injuries. Now, do you know this guy? I mean, Raji, it sounds like he, he might be Indian. 
R A J I. I'm not Raj, sure about that. King, right? You can uh. Yeah, that is an uh, Indian name, Raj. So the, he was introduced to yoga by um, a Wisconsin man, Cunningham, who owns a yoga studio. So if, he, if in fact, he is Indian, um, I think this is one of those beautiful archetypal stories that a Westerner introducing an Indian to yoga, which is really what happened. Uh, we'll get into this in another show, but the theosophists reintroduced yoga to many Indians in the 19th century, but that's just another story to, to cover, a fascinating one. So we look at other athletes, um, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Um, LeBron James practices yoga? Just to name a few um, basketball players, but I mean, any, any sport that you're going to look into, um, a lot of these guys are looking for prevention of injuries, mm -hmm. which you're going to get with yoga. Because you're working on flexibility, but also you're working on strength. Um, with I think basketball particularly, your um, requires a tremendous amount of focus. Yeah. Right. When a ball is being passed to you, you've got to be present. Right. You have to be in the moment. You have to know whether you're gonna shoot, pass, dribble. So I think meditation and yoga is gonna be extremely beneficial for that. And uh, having a background in baseball. A lot of the warrior poses I notice are mm -hmm. great for pitchers, just throwing. Also, your your baseball swing, so that's great that we can get uh, more guys and more athletes um, using yoga as a tool, right? I think mm -hmm. yoga is a very powerful tool, and it's going to have a lot of great effects on your um, performance in in your athletic sports. Keeping you fit, that keeping happen, you fit and fresh. And keep your body fat, fresh. In order to get there, though, we have to cross this great divide, this great 87% versus 13%, women to men. Um, right. Another topic for another show. Let's wind down the news stories here. Um, we have more. We have, well, two more. Uh, Just yesterday on NPR, for those of you who are NPR listeners, Terry Gross of Fresh Air interviewed Michelle Goldberg, who um, just recently published a book. Actually, I tried to buy it on Amazon, but it's on a wait list, so it's not out, quite out yet. It's called The Goddess Pose, The Audacious Life of Indra Devi, the woman who helped bring yoga to the West. Do you know Indra Devi? I don't. Russian woman, studied with Krishnamacharya. You know Krishnamacharya, yes. right? the teacher of Iyengar mm -hmm. and um, Pratobi Joyce and others. Um, so Indra Devi is fascinating life. Finally, somebody has written a book about her, and I'm looking forward to reading it. So she titled this podcast, Those Yoga Poses May Not Be Ancient After All, and that's Maybe great. That's Okay. It is okay. It is okay. And last story, out of Claremont, California, Bikram Yoga Studio was burglarized. And so the question that I have to pose is, who the hell would want to burglarize a, a Bikram Yoga Studio? Ashtanga Yoga Studio. <laughs> yeah, if you're robbing uh, any place, is is just not right, period. So uh, I think that's bad. Very well, bad. I made out with a small amount of money. And so my feeling is if you're going to rob a yoga studio, look for the studios that make the most money. And I would think that would be a Bikram Yoga Studio. And why they only made out with a small amount of money. What day was this? Where were you, Sal? This it was seems May like 20, you're, nah, it was you had this very planned out that uh, you know no, which no. studios to go to. <laughs> <laughs>
So that's it for the news, Joe. That so was... Uh, now, we don't have a guest, so uh, what else do we talk about, or do we just say goodbye to everyone? We, we can do any, any direction of this, Sal. Where would you like to go, Joe? I can, uh, I can go anywhere. All right, go ahead. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll pause it for, for right now. Okay. So. Let me stop mine. Terrible sound we're listening to. This is Janelle Monet with her newest musical hit titled Yoga. What did you think of that, Sal? I think you already know what I thought of that, Joe. All right. <laughs> uh, great music video. Have you seen the video yet? I have seen the video. I really, uh, I like that opening scene where she's uh, in Sukhasana, just seated. Here's a screenshot of it just so you can look at it, where she's levitating in her bedroom. Meditation posture. She's also in uh, Johnny Mudra, uh -huh. their thumb and pointer, and she's just floating um, in her room. Oh, you know, let me make a comment about that Mudra. You see how her, hand, her arms are lifted above her knees? Yeah. If you go to stock photos, any stock photo website... If you build websites, you often need to have stock photography mm -hmm. or stock images. And if you type in yoga, you're going to see dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of pictures of people seated with their arms lifted up. Rather than Nobody on their ever knees. sits that way. Right. Nobody anywhere ever sits that way in yoga. And yet, that's become this meme, this visual meme right. in the stock photography world for yoga. And... I don't know if it almost seems like it's mocking the the seated um, posture, but it's very unnatural That's as well, right? Unnatural. Nobody sits that way. It's that has never been a yoga posture or a meditation posture. Yeah, I think you want to. And be yet, it's become this image. The image that you find in every stock photography business. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to be comfortable in your seat as you take your seat, and uh, having your hands up like that's not gonna. I can really do that. But so, tell me about this song. What's this song? So it's about yoga, I guess, and it's about it really? uh, dropping your booty and, and doing that yoga. Mm -hmm. But, of course, it's going to have a lot of controversy. This is the kind of, of yoga that you do? You do a lot of booty dropping? This is my personal practice. Oh, okay. You know, a lot of uh, blast in this song in my room. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I'm it's... I'm not to believe that. Uh, you could believe it or not. <laughs> But it's going to start a conversation. It's going to start some controversy. Well, it already has. I've seen some um, Facebook postings. Right. And I think uh, the biggest thing is it's getting more awareness with yoga, right? You know, it's getting people to talk about it on you both sides. You have this uncanny ability to see the positive in everything. You must be a yogi, Joe. You have to sometimes. I, I, I can't quite make that as as biggie as biggie small time. says went from <laughs> negative to positive <laughs> sorry as biggie small said i went from negative to positive it's all good okay but you have to look at uh i think you have to have an so open mind so this song is a good thing for, yoga, right? for the yoga world is what you're saying 
Uh, it's not good or I didn't say that. It's uh, not good or bad, but it's something, right? Uh -huh. uh, it's getting awareness. It's, yeah. If you're a teacher, um, your industry, your business is is yoga. You know, getting students onto the mat. So I don't know if it's taken away students off the mat or not. Um, the only the the negative side that I see, it's an ancient practice. So is this song being uh, disrespectful to that ancient practice? You know, having uh, a little more years than me in this in the in the industry of yoga. You know, you go your teachings go back to the seventies. What do you feel like? You know, in twenty fifteen, that yoga has uh, come to this point. Ooh, Joe, we don't want to go there at the end of the program. This is this is a topic for a whole program. This whole idea of it being an ancient practice, and in fact, that's what that one of those last news stories, the Fresh Air piece with the author Michelle Goldberg, and her book. Um, it's questionable whether we want to call the yoga that we practice today an ancient practice. Uh, it all depends. It all depends on what yoga means to a person, um, and, and what their practice consists of. But whether or not it's disrespectful. I don't think I have an opinion about that. What would the Buddha say if he was here right now and, you, and you're like, say, Buddha, you're the man. Fuck. I just want you to listen to the song. Tell me what you think about it. I wonder what his opinion would be and how he would react. Uh, there, there's just so many problems with that question. There's so many problems with that idea. I mean, anyone who lived in uh, 5th century B.C. India, northern India, who suddenly transported to this moment on your balcony with these devices that we have in front of us, right. um, the last thing they would be worrying about comprehending would be a music video. Right. They wouldn't even be able to understand where they were, <laughs> who they were. So let's not, would don't be ask me that question. But, um, Michael Lee, who's the founder of uh, uh, Phoenix Rising yeah. Yoga Therapy, he did this talk at Mission uh, Yoga in downtown Charleston a few weeks ago. <laughs> Excuse me, and he talked uh, about how yoga um, moves with the times, right? How everything in the world is constantly changing, and yoga, it's always there, but it kind of changes as it goes along with everything else, right? Yeah, as it has done for thousands of years. Exactly, right? So we're at this, you know, with yoga aside, um, this pop culture of this sexy twerking music, it's going on, right? Mm -hmm. You constantly see it around the media all the time. And what's very interesting about this country in particular, we tend to be uh, very censored, but also uncensored, right? If you look at a lot of the TV shows, like we're very careful with like PG-13 and beeping out these things and protecting the kids, but also yet in our music that we, uh, that a lot of children are listening to, it's very over-sexualized, right? So mm -hmm. it's kind of this uh, competing force. Um, and I think this song, uh, does uh, a, a perfect example of how yoga changes and now it's going back to this you know over sexualized video and you're dropping your booty and you're doing yoga and um, all of this I'm looking at I want to look pull up the, the lyrics now but yeah what do you think about that well I just don't see the yoga, the song having anything at all to do with yoga even though it's titled uh, even though yoga. it's titled yoga and there's um, vague resemblance of some of the things that appear on the video to some sorts of yoga practice. Yeah, it's funny, uh, some of the lyrics mention uh, just certain 
postures. This one. Like crown, what? crown on my head, but the world on my shoulder. I'm too much a rebel. Never do what I'm supposed to. Um, but the opening line, where is this? Flexing like a yogi, drop it back with your hands up. Do a headstand, bend it back, put your legs up. I ain't got no worries. I'm on my own private dancer. My own private dancer. So they are, you know, referencing some body movement, some cueing here. Do you feel like uh, practicing to this song? I, I don't think they're doing anything with this song that hasn't been done by in the pop music world from the beginning of pop music. So a songwriter sits down and thinks, well, how can I get maximum... How can I make money? Maximum sales of this song. And so you try to make the song very uh, topical. What was it? Uh, Dylan once said, um, yeah, always try to uh, mention a geographical location. You know, if you listen to a lot of Dylan songs, you'll, you know, he'll drop some just some random city. geographical location into a song. Interesting. You know, so there's little tricks that songwriters play to kind of hook you in to the song. And so I think, to me, this the, the whole song and everything in it is just hooks. So somebody said, yeah, this yoga thing, that's pretty popular. People are spending a lot of money on yoga. Let's write a yoga song. Right. You know, let's throw some booty in there. And You know, I mean, it's, it's silly, but, you know, it's, it's not my thing. I mean... It's very silly. And I like pop music when it's when it's an infectious melody, and but th there's nothing about this song that I find very appealing. It just sounds. It doesn't sound very. Um, well, it's definitely not uh, your cup of uh, tea. No. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're <laughs> welcome. But yeah, I think uh, it's it's gonna get a lot of uh, people turning their their heads in in the other way and. Uh, Definitely have a, a lot to, to say about it. So you think that this song is going to draw people into yoga studios expecting the sort of experience that they imagined from listening to the song? Do you think? See, I don't know about that. Do you picture a person listening to the song and then feeling inspired to, to walk into a studio? Not at all. I mean, the song it's is getting more awareness. designed to inspire. Well, anyway. Yeah. But definitely check out the video if you haven't already. Uh, let us so know. So the name what you of the think. song is Yoga. Yes. Just a single word title. Yep. So you can uh, take a look at that on YouTube. Um, very interesting video to check out. Another thing that I um, wanted to mention that's going on in the technology world with yoga was this new application that I started using called Headspace. Mm -hmm. it's meditation. Heads Headspace okay. is a um, 10 day. Uh, free trial by an Australian guy, I'll pull up his name, where there's recorded guided meditation um, that this, uh, this fellow um, walks you through. It's 10 minutes, um, and it's really neat interface, really cool design with clever videos, um, anim animated videos. And there's one I wanted to mention to you that I thought you would like where this little animation's on a road and he's uh, he's on a highway, and these cars are going by, and each car has an animation of uh, a thought. So it's like a car has money, a car has TV shows, love, relationships, uh -huh. and it talks about this idea of uh, trying to find calmness in the center of this highway. And he's trying to block all these cars from passing by, and then it starts this uh, complete chaos, this traffic jam with him in the middle. And it's... Just, you know, he talked about just how letting those cars just go. And then it moves to an animation of these cars just kind of flowing around. And he's in the center. And they're in, like, this perfect 
circular movement where everything is just one. So what I love about Headspace, and I recommend um, getting it, and as of now they're not our sponsor, so I'm not just saying this for any other reason. Hopefully one day that would be cool. But is it adds this element, this playful element, um, and cool animation and great way of learning more about mindfulness and meditation. Mm. So you can check out headspace.com, see how it works. You get a free trial. Um, and what do you think, Sal? Hopefully one we should contact these guys and uh, tell them about Tell Me About Yoga and uh, see if uh, we can get some promotional codes going on here. Well, it would be interesting just to hear their story and how they came about creating this app. You know, the meditation world is really infiltrating the, the app world. I use an, a, an app called Inset, Insight Timer. Okay. And it's basically just, all it is is a timer for meditation, and you could set um, the sound of like six or seven different Tibetan singing bowls, brass bowls, you know, to begin the meditation period and end it. Um, and I know timer applications are um, popular with meditators, but so this one seems to be a, a little bit more than that. It offers guided meditations and little exercises, and even sounds like a video game sort of approach. The, vi your, your the video element. reminded me of Frogger. I don't know if you remember Frogger. Yeah, it's a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so sure. this is like Frogger for the 21st yeah. century meditator. <laughs> it's just a quick little video before, yeah. but it is okay. guided. It's all yeah. audio. Now, do you use um, for your application any headphones, or do you put on speakers? No, I just use it, it on my phone. Um, sometimes when I'm teaching um, meditation at Mission Yoga, and I want to do a specific period of time, like a 20-minute or a 30-minute. Uh, meditation. I'll sometimes set the timer to do that because then I don't have to keep looking at the clock to see when I should be ending the meditation. Right. You know. That's interesting. So I find that they're helpful for that. Timers are helpful for that purpose. Right. I think of this idea of because um, I'm constantly around technology, I use it as a tool quite a bit for my work and just personal life. So for me. You know, when I'm in uh, Sal's Take Your Seat Meditation class or if I'm in my own personal practice, it's kind of nice get it breaking out of that world for a bit, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think that technology is a double-edged sword, right? So you get the good and bad elements. So it's interesting taking yourself out of it for just uh, a brief moment because I think you can understand how to use it mm -hmm. in, in a positive way and use that good side of the sword. So... So remember being in this recent meta personal meditation practice where I'm like, I'm not in, I'm not using any technology. This is great. I'm, you know, just one. I'm in my own world, and then my timer goes off, and I realize I was using technology just to time my practice with my mm -hmm. phone anyway. So you it is constantly around. When you meditate, do you use a cushion? Not usually. Okay, I use a, I use a cushion. I use a zafu, right? Which is a Japanese circular. We just so got one at Mission Yoga that yes, we're selling we got, now. Forty dollars. Colors. Anyway, that's a technology. You know, that's a technology that's been around for hundreds of years. Uh, you know, at least five, six hundred years. So, you know, technology doesn't necessarily mean something digital and electronic. Techne, the Greek word techne, means art or craft. So it's something that's fabricated. But techne is something that, as opposed to trees and clouds it's and natural grass, it's natural. So. Um, technology can always, I think, be used to help, and that's what it how it originated. However, um, 
we abuse technology. So there's nothing about technology that's abusive. There's something, oh, no, there's I think I disagree. problematic. You do? Okay. Yeah, I think it, it, you can Are definitely... Are you a Luddite? I'm sorry? Are you a Luddite? A Luddite. You know what a Luddite is? I don't. All right, let me, I might explain this. Yeah, look that up. Anyway, but I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. I forget what I was saying. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. So you said not necessarily that you think, um, so you're, not, you're saying technology is not neutral. I think there's both sides of it, yeah. Um, this is going a little outside of yoga, but um, just bullying and a lot of the negative. If you look at most of the YouTube comments um, out there in the world, uh, a lot of it's negative and a lot of it uses some profanity that's just horrible to read. Yeah, but that's not the technology that's doing it. It's uh, how we're using the technology. Yeah. But I think I mean, that, before that's there was evolving. the internet, there were newspapers and there was letters to the editor. And before that, there were telephones and then megaphones and then loud voices. You know, there's always means of communication. You don't blame the means of communication for the, neg the negativity of the communication. Hmm. But maybe you do. Why? Why would you want to do that? Because where do you stop? Because you know, then we could start saying, well, the human voice is very destructive, so everyone should be silent. No one should speak. Well, we're talking now more than ever, right? With with um, the tools I don't know that we're if using, now more than ever. I'm not one of these guys who thinks blogging. that things are really different today. On the surface, everything is different, of course. Essentially, communication. We can move faster. There's a lot of things that are different, but I think the core problems that we face and the and the core, the beauty of life, none of that has really changed. You know, the, you could you could read accounts of life from two thousand years ago by thinkers, and feel like you're reading a critique of contemporary society. Mm. Um, I agree with that because essentially things are the same, right? I mean, we still need to eat, we still need to breathe, live, and all this. Yeah. I mean, this whole idea of bashing technology, it's problematic. So I, I mentioned the Luddites, right? So the Luddites were, um, they were uh, bands of English workers who revolted against machinery of the Industrial Revolution. So they would go into cotton and wool mills and, and just destroy machines mm. because they felt the machines were taking away their livelihood. So the when term was Luddite, this? this was around eight, between 1811, 1816, So that term Luddite is, is applied to anyone who bashes technology and thinks it's fundamentally dehumanizing and it's just by its very nature it's problematic. Um, but you see, the, the criticisms we hear about the World Wide Web are almost identical to the criticisms you heard about the tele the telephone and then before that the telegraph and before that Gutenberg and book publishing I mean there's these technologies these creative components of life that it's not that they're neutral but they're not inherently evil right but every generation points to, you, you find people in every generation who look at innovations, new technologies, and see the apocalypse, you know, see the, 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 ultimate fall, the ultimate fall of human civilization, that these very, the presence of these very technologies themselves are spelling doom and disaster on humanity.
And when you start hearing that same story repeated over and over again, century after century, you really have to question. You know, really, if you go back and read what some contemporary commentators said about the telephone when the telephone was first introduced, the television when the television was first introduced, the telegraph, the arguments were almost identical. And so that in itself is suspicious. I don't know if it's just as humans that we just want to try and do that. We always try and find this, uh, I don't know. Well, part of it is the fear bad. of change. Yes. Um, and the last few years, the last few decades, I mean, we've, I think, progressed uh, a lot faster with technology. Yeah, there, um, it's, it is developing much more rapidly. So, I mean, the singularity theory uh, where, you know, a lot of people think that technology and humans are just going to eventually... Uh, kind of collide and, and, and come together. I wonder where yoga will take part in this. How much more technology can, you know, we already see it with uh, music videos and Janelle Monet, but are we going to be, you know, reproducing our bodies and using 3D printers to, to make arms and legs and will, how will this change our yoga practice? Maybe we won't need yoga anymore. Wouldn't Heck. that be wonderful? I don't know. I don't know uh, yeah, what right. I would do uh, my uh, with my yoga without my yoga asanas. But yeah, it's definitely possible. Yeah. yeah. So That's an interesting topic for yoga teachers to discuss. You know, if if the purpose of yoga, and I'm not claiming to to say what the purpose of yoga is. I was but let's say, say what it. What well, do you think the purpose of yoga is? Well, let's look at yoga as one of the various healing modalities, right? Wouldn't it be great if we didn't need that healing modality? Right? Nobody likes to go to the dentist, right? Sure. So wouldn't it be great if we never needed to go to a dentist? So if our teeth were so healthy and we didn't have... Um, um, tooth decay and broken teeth and that our teeth would last a lifetime we would welcome that wouldn't, wouldn't we wouldn't we love the, the, the idea of never having to go to a dentist again I don't think so dentists a, would like this well yeah okay <laughs> as a professional let's leave them out of it but yeah so, so why, why can't we see yoga the same way wouldn't it be wonderful if we didn't need yoga or didn't even desire it yeah, I don't know how far away that is, but Ooh, I certainly wouldn't like see that. that being possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yoga teachers, no one want that. No, well, they'd have There'd to find no one at their career. classes. But if right. the purpose, if the per the reason for a yoga's existence is, to, is so that yoga teachers could make a living, then that's a pretty right. weak purpose. Right. Um, and oh boy. Well, we definitely left this very open. At yes, the end, we did. and we took this a lot of places. Uh, we talked about. Thank you for those um, great articles. Oh, that those you, news stories. Yeah, that just you brought up. Go to Google News. Put in your keyword that you'd like alerts, and uh, you'll get your inbox just filled with um, news stories. Every well, thanks day. for giving our secret away. Now uh, <laughs> everyone can just do that. Now. Well, that's it. Wouldn't Definitely. it be great if we didn't need podcasts anymore? Like right. <laughs> what, what would we do? What would we do with all of our time? Oh, I, I think that's think, a thing. I can think of some good things we could do. Anyway, Joe, this was pleasant. Yes, thank you, Sal. You're welcome. And thank you, Joe. Yes. Until next time. So next time, let's just talk briefly about that. What do we have in store? I think uh, so next, we have uh, a great teacher that we're going to be interviewing, doing some exciting things in Charleston. Yeah, so coming up uh, soon, our next episode, we have our good...
friend, Beth Cozy, who Bendy is Bruski. Uh, one of uh, Charleston's yoga teachers, who is very interesting, another controversial topic, um, is the founder of Bendy Bruski. Bendy Bruski is a uh, yoga class that's partnered up with beer breweries. It's a little different, mm. not traditional yoga. It's been around for a couple hundreds, thousands of years. Took but my first Bendy Brewski on Saturday. Did you? Um, yeah. Uh, so Beth was away. She was out of town. And So Ashley? Um, Ashley Bell, um, the wonderful and lovely Ashley Bell, gave the class out in the deck of, uh, was it Charleston Brewery? What's the name of that? I forget which the brewery. Palmetto or Frothy? Palmetto. Yep. And uh, so you pay for class, and you can either you can either pay for yoga or yoga and, and beer. beer. Yoga plus beer, and you get a couple of little wooden nickels, you know. Mm -hmm. Which each one will get you an eight ounce glass of beer. Was this the Bendy uh, Brewski or Bendy Boozy? No, this was the Bendy Brewski. Yeah, very nice. Yes, Bendy Boozy is like mm, that's interesting. Hard liquor after al after a, a a yoga session. Yeah. So lots to be said there. Well, you know, uh, this is what they were doing thousands of years ago, because, you know, yoga is thousands of years old. So right. you know, this is what they were doing in ancient India. So let's see where this uh, leads up to with uh, <laughs> Bendy Bruski and also just uh, marijuana and all these legalized states, kind of where yoga will go with all of this. Sure, let's just throw it all into the mix. Yeah, let's just, get, uh, just have a lot of fun. <laughs> I say, you know, Sal, it's very important to be um, open-minded, towards everything, I think that's very healthy, it's a healthy mind, um, to just, you know, have an open perspective, yeah. I think a lot of times we hear this topic and we're just like, very one-sided, it's very hard for us to see the other side and things, right, Yeah. but we get too attached to it, and I think the, the idea of yoga is to, to be non-attachment to these ideas and well, thoughts. Well, if you go back, you know, you go back in time, read the ancient texts, see what they were doing. Yoga was all about this openness. There was this little speed bump, a few hundred year period of extreme asceticism. You know, and I call that a speed bump. It kind of slowed things down. But it, mm. it, it both slowed things down and propelled them forward. Because from that extreme emphasis on asceticism and this body negative and world negative little game they played for a short period of time, uh, there was this um, renaissance or this revolution where they embraced the tantras and they embraced all these body practices and embraced a lot of other kinds of experimentation it really helped to set the stage for contemporary yoga. So, yeah, there were times when um, living through the senses and enjoying life was perhaps frowned upon a little bit in the yoga world. But that, wow. that, that wasn't forever, and it was just a short period of time, and it was just a period of experimentation. So, so here we are. You mentioned the speed bump. Yeah. Do you think that that we're always going through these speed bumps in a yeah, way, right? Yeah. Do you think it, right it now? Cycles. Sure. Right. Um, we're constantly going through. I think we're in a speed bump right now with this uh, pop culture Janelle Monae yoga video going on. I think that's a bit of a speed bump. <laughs> Could be. You could see. We're it kind of yeah, taking yeah. a step back and seeing. Whoa. Yeah. Looking at it from a different perspective. But then also, uh, talking about these speed bumps, what's at the end? There's you know? nothing at the end, Exactly. Joe. We're not going anywhere. Exactly. So yeah. a lot of the times we, we tend to think of, you know, I, I'm gonna, I need to get this job. And, you know, once I get this job, that's it. I made it. Yeah. You know? This is it. Like we've climbed this mountain and we've taken this pole when we got to the top and we put it down. And we're like, yeah. I'm complete. I'm finished. Right. But yet, in a way... Life doesn't really work like that, and it's instead of climbing a mountain, there's this great uh, comparison 
where uh, we talk about instead of climbing that mountain getting to the top and saying you're complete rather you're in an ocean and you're swimming and you're just getting from one log to another log right so you're swimming you get on a log you get some breath you're like okay I got here but then you just swim to the next log and I think uh, that can be said with a, a lot of things yeah well another way we can look at Bendy Bruski is it's really helping propel yoga forward because one of the um, one of the popular elements of yoga is this idea of um, juice cleanses and purifying toxins and um, so if we incorporate um, beer and hard alcohol into our yoga practice okay. and then find ourselves needing to detox from the negative effects of the alcohol mm. you know then we go to blue was it blue barn juices or blue whatever. blue barn so you know we do a month of blue barn and then a month of you know beer beer, beer alcohol that's the story so just of my keep, keep the whole enterprise moving forward you know it's moderation of everything including moderation we're only here for x amount of time just enjoy your your time here people do some yoga, take care of your body, take so, care of your so mind. So you're leaving us with this wisdom of eat, drink, and be merry. And smoke. So, and smoke. Wow, there it is, you guys. This is another wild and great episode with my teacher, Sal Familia. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. The next episode, I happen to record on my trip up to New York, where I met Tanasia Heinisch. She's a traveling and inspiring yoga teacher who has been teaching all over the world. If you have one more moment, please rate and comment in the iTunes store, Talking Yoga with Joe. And if you'd like to reach out on any social media, you can connect with me on the Facebook and Instagram page, Yoga with Joe. Thank you, guys.